Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome aboard, Jeff. And boy, people ask me a recurring question every week. Oh, the trout at the causeway. <laughs> so tell them what you found at the causeway. Uh, I've gotten some reports that they were out there a couple of weeks ago. And I've yeah, seen some pictures and got some reports. The guys caught some nice fish. So it's been good, but it's kind of the, the hit-or-miss kind of trip. Uh, I made a trip with C-Mac last week, and we landed to some trout, but there's all about 8 to 11 inches long. Uh, lots of bites, plenty of bites. You know you know that there's smaller fish down there when you feel them kind of tap it and you reel up and there's nothing there. Uh, uh, but I think the main problem we had was the wind was bucking the tide, so instead of having any kind of tide move, we had – no tide, which makes the fishing tougher. Uh, so the weekend after the fish were being caught, they, we had a lot of storms that kind of turned the water up. So all that, it was a factor for our trip. But usually did start, all the trout start on the full moon of May on the causeway. So the full moon of May, you, you get out there, you start checking them. And then sometimes they'll last all the way to July. It's, it's different every year. And Sometimes the size of the trout are different every year. You might catch a lot of small ones, have to weed through them, and next year they might be all 14, 16, 18-inch trout out there. So, yes, they are, but it might be a struggle when you get out there and and try to catch them. we got that next full moon's coming up June 4th, so that that should be another kickoff date. There's a lot of spawning activity for trout on those full moons. Well, Jeff, if somebody wants to do that freshwater fishing instead, let's talk about maybe some brim fishing. Yeah, that would probably be the go-to thing this weekend. Uh, cypress trees, little pockets, uh, lily pad fields. That's where you kind of start checking. Uh, gulp cricket under a cork with a sensitive cork, a split shot. And that's kind of all you really need to find a brim. Because usually once you find them, they're all ganged up, and you'll catch a few off one tree or one lily pad field. But the brim, the shell crackers, the goggle eye, all those type of panfish are are doing pretty well and the you know, other thing i usually try is a 116th to 132nd ounce beetle spin on a, an ultralight pole and the beetle spin that's just a fun way to spend the morning and um you kind of search bait you're kind of searching around for them and once you find them you can switch over to the crickets and stuff but you can catch a lot of fish with just a plain old little tiny beetle spin you know, Jeff, my contact over on the Tickfar has not been giving me any good reports. You know, that area and the Tangipaho and uh, some of those rivers on, that run through there out to Lake Moripah really took a hit from Hurricane Ida and had an off year last year. Have you got any good uplifting reports this year from that area? No, it's still a struggle over there. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer for the population really to spring back. You're just going to have to have a couple of good spawning cycles, a couple of years, and then once it does, you know, the water quality and all that, it'll, it'll bring it right back to where it was before. But, again, it's just going to take time. You know, when they hatch out last year, they do grow to full size, but they're not two- or three-year-old fish. They're not the great big ones. So, But it, it's coming back. But, it's, like I said, reports are kind of slow to get over there. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about white perch, uh, sockele, crappie, whatever people want to call them. Got a lot of names, paper mouth and all that different stuff. Uh, what's going on in that area? I've got some good reports on the, the panfish over in that area, especially the sockele. Uh, first, the Morgan City gauge is around four feet, so the basin side's kind of iffy. If you do fish that side, you want to find that mix in water. Uh, that's what you look for when, you, when it's at that certain level. But right now, the reports are of any dock that you can find on the Verrett side that's holding Sokolay. You just want to kind of mosey around until you, you know, find the right dock, of course. But basically what the anglers are doing, they're skipping and shooting jigs up under the dock um, to try to find these fish. But overall, the bass fishing is kind of slow. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's kind of slow, but it's it, you can catch them. But Catfish is other thing you can fall back on there to, you know, to give you a good fish fry at night. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> what about down the areas affected by the Mississippi River? Uh, the, kind of the good news on that is uh, the river's going to pop up to about eight feet, but then by the 1st of June sometimes it's going to be six feet. So I'm looking, you know, my fingers crossed. Hopefully sometime this summer early in the year we'll get that five-foot mark on the New Orleans gauge and, where you start flipping the canes. That's about as fun as it gets when it comes to bass fishing down there. But the reports are pretty much catfish. Uh, you, you keep getting into some of the ponds, you know, some of the areas you get into, you catch bass. But it's a lot harder when the river's up. I know you love that flipping the canes down there below Venice. That's one of your favorites, and your time is coming. Jeff, uh, talking about fishing and shooting those docks, and uh, my bad boy story is surrounding around docks. So at the end of your tip for fishing docks, I would like you to talk a little bit about dock etiquette, you know, when you're approaching someone's dock about fishing it. But first of all, let's talk about the technique, dock shooting. I've done that a couple of times, and it does require some practice. But, boy, when you get it down, it is effective. Right. Uh, bass, white perch, panfish, I'll use a dock. Yeah, just provide shade this time of year. It's a place where they can get where the water temperature is a little bit cooler. The posts of the docks have algae and have alus, have minnows and shad around it. So it's kind of a life support for food for the bigger fish. But, the, you know, the key is to put the, the lure as far under there as possible. You, you can skip it if you're pretty good at skipping them, but you just get a, the right kind of rod. It can be about any rod, but usually you want like a medium action rod that'll bend pretty good that you can load up. And you hold the lure in one hand and you tighten it up and you just with timing and practice you let it go you gotta watch your fingers you will get one in the end of your fingers if you don't know what you're doing but if there's a lot of youtube videos on it to show you but you skip that thing up under there as far as you can and a lot of times you find the right dock you can catch some fish now for bass they make a skipping jig um, and they, a lot of tournament anglers use that but if you're around docks try to get as far back under there as you can this weekend you might find some fish you know, I, I fish with Blaine Salter of Salter's Jigging Poles, and uh, he's got some equipment that's perfect for uh, shooting under those docks. And if, uh, if people want to see how it's done, if you go back on our Bayou Wild TV archives, you can find that show where we went there on the Chaffa line. We were doing a little bit of dock shooting. Speaking of dock fishing, uh, dock etiquette, um, you know, when you approach someone's docks, I know you do a lot of dock fishing on a lot of our rivers. People have homes and camps built on the rivers, and they put a nice dock out there. Some of them are under misunderstanding that, you know, you're not allowed to fish under their docks, but that is private, that's publicly owned water and water bottoms, even though it's privately owned dock. Correct. Uh, and obviously, if somebody's sitting on the dock fishing, you don't you don't want to approach that, even if it might be your hot tournament spot. Just wait till they go back in for a cup of coffee. Just, just go to another dock. They're going to have other places to fish. 
but obviously, you know, don't really want to touch the dock. If you do get hung up, you want to kind of remove your hook. But, yeah, it's a big misunderstanding that they built the dock and nobody can fish off of it. I, you know, there's lights down in some of the lakes off Pontchartrain that people get upset when boats come in on them and stuff. But, you know, it's kind of like you're on the public water, so you're basically like you're sitting in the boat. So you have to be real careful on both sides not to escalate the conflict. But, you know, most people are pretty nice about it. You ask them, they'll let you fish under there. Well, it's common courtesy on both sides. Uh, I can understand the dock on people getting out on their dock or, you know, throwing things up on the dock or, you know, polluting the water and those type of things. But at the same time, uh, the dock owners have to respect that the the fishermen uh, have the right to fish, you know, public water and water bottoms. So anyway, again, common courtesy goes a long way when you're talking about that. Uh, Jeff, uh, good report as always. Some interesting stuff. You stay on top of it for it. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Don. All right. Jeff Brule. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 